So um yeah, just gonna we're just gonna go live. It's just gonna be like that. Word. Uh hi. Welcome back to Loose Cannon. It's been a very, very long time, and today we are talking about we are talking the uh the collector's edition uh lore book that we got. It is has been called the Clovis Bray uh journal, I believe. And uh so we're going to be diving into that, and it's just kind of it's kind of like a uh, an entry to the setting that everyone's in right now, and in, in, in Europa on that we've everyone's been there for five days. Huh, man, it, it is it's crazy being back. <laughs> it's been a minute. Yeah, it really has. I am I'm super rusty, like, and I was never good at, at intro talk in the first place. So just pretending to be good at it now is such, <laughs> such a trick. Um, so you might notice it's only me and uh, me and Rhino. Uh, Baxter is is uh, probably going to be much less frequent. I don't know. I'm I'm sure if he finds the time, he'll come back to hang out with us. It's it's not like he hates us. It's just he's busy. Well, you know, as expected. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's got a family, so he'll be busy. A brand new family. Yeah. Good for him. Congrats to him. So how how do you want to start this? Oh man. I mean we could jump right in or I mean we could talk about a a lore card that happened this week first. Yeah, that would be great. That would actually okay. be a great way to kick it off. Yeah, give people a little bit of time. Just a little bit of time. <laughs> so do, do you want to do you want to kick it off then? Yeah, <laughs> so do, yeah. Do you want to? So this week's uh, lore card. So what we what we decided to do was kind of uh, recap the last lore card, just as a little bumper for the show for you guys out there that might be interested in this stuff. But uh, this week's lore card was on a brand new item and it's called precious scars it's a titan helmet mm -hmm. so basically on the titan helmet <clears throat> if you notice just by looking at it you can see how it's got kind of a porcelain um, bunch of porcelain shards held together with gold uh, mm -hmm. that's very much a real thing and even the lore of the item kind of touches on it about mm, i won't spoil it but it kind of it kind of shows how you can renew yourself uh, by living through pain and, and emotional scarring and stuff like that. And you come out a stronger, more beautiful entity, whatever. So there's kind of a lot of uh, symbolism there. Um, but one of the perks on the helmet is called kintsugi, which is a Japanese word, which is um, very much visually represented on the helmet. Um, it means uh, golden repairing or also precious scars, which is what it's been known to, to mean <laughs> in Japan. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of wordplay there. Uh, but the kin means golden and sugi means repair. So kintsugi together means golden repairing. Uh, the breaking of a self-selected ceramic porcelain bowl and then repairing it back together with bonded gold and the pieces that remain from that pottery. 
so the symbolism here is that healing can transpire through pain. So it's kind of like this idea that you can break a pot down and assemble it back together more beautiful than it was before, even though originally it was a perfect piece. Mm-hmm. Now, having been repaired with gold uh, and bonded back together, it's even more beautiful because it's a broken piece that looks prettier. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually heard about that before. I forgot where I heard about yeah, that. Heard it that. seems to be really popular amongst people in pottery and, and uh, ancient uh, uh, history and stuff like that. So I was looking on it, and um, there was a couple of bullet points I just wanted to, to point out. But mm-hmm. um, So I put it in my lore card. So that's how these work, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's this idea of breaking a self-selected ceramic porcelain bowl and then repairing it back together with gold and the pieces that remain. Uh, it's a self-reflective process symbolizing the healing that can transpire through a facilitated expression of our pain. After repairing the cracks, they are illuminated by being painted with gold CERN. It's like a you know, gold wash. Uh, symbolically, this process reclaims the beauty of a wounded spirit while taking pride in the intentional joining of the breaks and missing parts of our lives. So there's a lot of symbolism there. So Kintsugi is thought to have originated in the 15th century when the Japanese shogun Ashikago, <laughs> I'm probably going to butcher this, mm. Ashikaga Yoshimasa, the eighth shogun of the Ashikaga shogunate, mm-hmm. broke a favorite tea bowl and sent it back to China to be repaired. At that time, the objects were repaired with metal ligatures and uh, the cup wasn't repairable. So the owner decided to try to have some Japanese craftsmen repair it. They were so impressed by the shogun's steadfastness that they decided to transfer the cup into a jewel by filling its cracks with lacquered resin and powdered gold, and thus Kintsugi was born. Hmm. Kintsugi has been heavily influenced by prevalent philosophical ideas, namely the practices related to the Japanese philosophy of wabi-sabi, which is this idea of seeing beauty in flawed or imperfect things. You've yeah. probably heard of Wabi Sabi. Oh, when you actually started started talking about it, I my my mind immediately snapped to the uh, the King of the Hill episode where Bobby started growing roses and he cookie <laughs> guys and they were like, yeah, it's got Wabi Sabi. And I was about to say that, but I was like, no, I'll be an I'll be a, an idiot if I start bringing up Wabi. No, I love it. This. I love it. I totally forgot about the episode. Yeah. yeah, I was a big King of the Hill fan back in the day. That's a good one. Yeah, wabi sabi. That was it. Was thrown around for a while as like if you had like a oopsie, yeah, <laughs> or a messed up thing, you just called it wabi sabi and it's, lived it's with a it. Glass half full type of philosophy. Yeah, yeah, that was perfect. Yeah. So this repair method was also born from um, this Japanese feeling of motenai, which expresses regret when something is wasted, as well as mushin, the acceptance of change. So. In Japan, um, I mean, they have a beautiful culture, and it goes back a really long, time, uh, a really long way. Um, but they have a lot of things that they that that's deeply rooted in their culture. <clears throat> and one of the things is um, when when you waste food or when you waste an item, uh, you have to show respect to it in a way. And so, one of the ways they do that is by feeling this um it's it's kind of like regret but in a way that 
allows the, that piece to just go on. So like, for instance, if, if you made a sword and it was this beautiful sword you made, but you destroyed it somehow along the process. Well, before that can just be thrown in the trash, they have to have a, a period of regret or a period of uh, kind of paying respect to that thing that was destroyed. So mm-hmm. anyway, and so Mushin is this acceptance of that change. So this idea of Kintsugi brought a whole new realm of artwork into the Japanese culture from things that were being broken all over the place. So they would repair them. And oftentimes the repair on the broken pieces was much more beautiful or considered to be much more precious than the original items intent. Mm -hmm. So this um, Kintsugi ceramic uh, creates this uh, life to the pottery that becomes even more refined thanks to its scars. And the Japanese art of Kintsugi teaches us that broken objects are not something to hide, but to display with pride. So Titan helmets, Cracked up, piece them back together, go be an idiot getting headbutts on. Yeah, I don't know who who fits uh, wearing broken things more, <laughs> a titan or like a hunter. Because it's like, which, which one? Which one embodies the like? This is broken, but I'm still gonna wear it. Philosophy. <sighs> yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Well, the lore, I encourage everybody to read it. I won't spoil mm-hmm. it or talk about it, but um. It's got a good, it's got a nice little ending. Like you, you read it at first and you don't mm-hmm. realize uh, until the second time you read it, there was something, there was something a little bit sad. It kind of pulls at your heart at the end. You realize the second time through. And so that's what I kind of did. The, this was the exotic helmet, um, precious scars. It's called. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause I actually haven't read that one. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think I read any of the exotic uh, lore tabs. Except for uh, necrotic grip, which yeah, <laughs> spinful, right? That one, that one really shocked me when they started talking about. Because um, I was like, "What the hell are they dealing with here? Like, what is it that they have that they're they're like it's so dangerous and stuff mm-hmm. like that?" And then they say, "Like, they drop your as in dredging yours just, name." Yeah, and just I'm like, like here whoa, you go. Whoa, whoa, they have a thorn. Like, that's what they uh-huh. have. And oh my god, like that's just terrifying what idiots with the thorn are doing. And it's like, oh, we accidentally discharged it, and that guy's dying now. Hey man, I mean, that could be an origin story, right? For (laughs) an origin story of how someone died, of course. (laughs) No, for how how we ended up with the thorn Uh, ability, this whole idea of thorn. Yeah, like, I mean, it's. the powers behind Thor are 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 clearly being expanded. It was originally a hive power and thorn, of course, where mm-hmm. with their with their smoke and everything, and then thorn, and now it's it's just it's coming more into the light, which I'm hoping we're gonna see even more of heading into uh witch the witch queen personally. Yeah, it would be awesome. Imagine all kinds of hive subclasses. Yeah. I, that's that's a, that's that's something. So just to immediately derail, one of the things <laughs> with 
one of the things with Beyond Light, the biggest thing with Beyond Light is that we got a darkness subclass in Stasis. And when Stasis was first announced, everyone was like, Stasis is darkness. And then there's people like us and we're like, no, no, no. I mean, yes, it's darkness, just as solar is light, void is light, arc is light. But that doesn't mean that's all that darkness potentially has to offer. And so when I say things, because I have said... um that I expect to see things like a thorns type of power. People like to call it poison uh, because of necrotic grips. I think necrotic sounds amazing. Although yeah. uh, someone said necrosis fits better for the type it would be because you wouldn't call you, you don't call it solar necrotic. You would call it solar and necrosis. Yeah, and like, yeah, that's fair. You know, but um, what I don't expect it to be is to be hive powers per se you know i expect mm-hmm. it to be its own thing and it's the hive are taking necrosis necrotic and they are using it how they wish to use it your took it and put it into a gun just like we do with salvation's grip with stasis and we use it how we use it you know the, yeah plovis uh should i say that should i continue my thought there uh... it's it's post-campaign stuff yeah, I mean, it's close enough, right? We just got one day left. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Before it's a week. I guess it's not a devastating spoiler. Uh, Clovis, while on Europa, found Stasis, and he couldn't harness it. You know, He wasn't like Aramis, he wasn't like us, he didn't successfully wield it, but he did understand its existence. He did, he did experiments on it, and the grenades that you the grenade that you start with is the one that puts up the wall or the the platform which is very cool yeah but clovis took it and he did experiments on it and that's how you get the the dusk field one the dome that slowly freezes or my favorite one you throw it and it like chases after enemies and it just freezes them all and then if you're a hunter your aspect is that little slam so you throw the grenade you freeze like five enemies and then you jump up and slam down and uh-huh. shatter into pieces and that's that is actually pretty good fun it's like our little miniature fist of havoc it really is because it's like you get the aspect and then you get the fragment i took i took the fr- did you get your fragment yet yes so I took the fragment that did um, shattering does a wider spread and more damage. That's the same one I did. It's it's, it's so good when you just like you freeze mm-hmm. like a you freeze a group of like five thrall and either you can slam on them or you can just punch the first one and then the first one triggers the second one triggers the third one triggers the fourth one and it yeah. all go off like dominoes. Yeah, it's it is a yeah so. Power. So the darkness, yeah, I know what you're saying. A lot of people thought just stasis was of just flat out darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you think about it as these subclasses are of the darkness, mm-hmm. it's a little bit more. It makes a little bit more sense. Kind of like our enemies are enemies of the darkness. You know, mm-hmm. kind of this idea. Which such a mistake to call that. I know, sorry, Benji, but, but come on. I know. I'm glad they. I'm glad they corrected course on that. But ironically. Now they are. They just yeah. came full circle. They're like, whoa, whoa, Enemies of the darkness. That was a mistake. Or was it? Yeah. <laughs> I remember the whole... Uh, I, I remember the whole Luke Smith conversation when the Red War campaign had mm-hmm. started in D, D2. And he was like, look, guys. 
we're focusing on the light. Yeah. This is what this whole campaign is about. Yes. So we're focusing on the light. Everything's going to be about the light and losing your light and what that implies. And it's all light, 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 light. So forget everything else. Let's focus on this right now. And so they did a good job of doing that. But yeah. it, it, it kind of made people a little wishy-washy with the whole accepting the, the enemies of the darkness or the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. And people were like, so the darkness doesn't exist anymore. The darkness yeah. is literally not. It's like, that's not what they said. They said that this campaign has nothing to do with the darkness, which is accurate. It didn't. It had to do with the cabal. But I do think the the better way to learn about the light, which has been proven in Shadowkeep and now Beyond Light, is you can learn more about what it is to be of the light by embracing the dark in my opinion and that's what we've we've really begun to see where you go through the whole campaign and ghost is saying things like you know i'm not really comfortable with this but i'm with you all the way and it's like man like i'm not gonna because there have been people who are like i'm just gonna go full dark fuck the traveler this yeah 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 yeah. you know i've never been like that but even not ever being like that hearing my ghost say stuff like that i'm like man like no i cannot let I cannot let stasis can change who I am. I still need to be who I am at the end of the day. And yeah. Yeah. Don't let it control you or take you down that. Yeah. And that's, what's cool about having this whole history with playing with all these dangerous weapons and, and having these stories of people who fell to the darkness or, Mm -hmm. you know, having these stories of people who were corrupted by the darkness. It's kind of like these, um, uh, it kind of gave us a guideline or a way to say, oh, hey, don't fall down that pit, you know, that that pit of despair and, mm-hmm. and end up being consumed by the darkness, stuff like that. So uh, it was nice. Yeah, it was a good way to set us up. But, yeah, you're right. So a good way to learn about the, I guess, the I don't want to say moral aspect because it's not really moral, but mm-hmm. like the whole interplay of what's right and wrong for us Mm -hmm. as guardians, as we progress through the game, it's nice having the ghost there be as a third party to kind of say, I care about you. It it makes you feel more. um, It makes you feel more emotion about what happened between your and his ghost. Because Mm -hmm. if you reflect back on how the ghost was telling your, you're not the same person anymore, you know, you're, and how he was falling, it was like, you're doing all these things and, and I don't approve. You know, there was a lot of that uh, emotion behind that ghost. So now having it a little bit more personal yeah. through this campaign kind of helps you realize what that was, go- what that was like. So then, so then let me ask you. So um, we basically have three, excuse me, three people that we can look to. We have your, we have Toland and we have us and us we have our ghost saying like i'm not comfortable with this but i'm going to stick with you no matter what etc like that and you and i are like oh man like we can't abandon our ghost they're our partner we are of the light but we can use the darkness toland i don't know if he actually used the darkness in any way if he used stasis if he used necrosis or if he used what i would assume to be the energy behind uh taken power zero neutrino etc sterile neutrinos yeah yeah uh, if he got access to any of those, he actually told us to kill our ghost. And his ghost was like proud about dying for him and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell is going on yeah. with this ghost? Almost like, uh, oh, what is that word? I can't remember it. But yeah, there's this word that that when somebody sacrifices to their, to their master mm-hmm. um, and they give up themselves so that their master can be much more powerful. 
anyway, that, that, that was a, that's a crazy thing that that anyone fictional yeah. or real could have that that like feeling that like I right. will kill myself, allow myself to die in the honor of this guy getting a little more powerful. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Tolan transcended. I mean, that's, that's the weirdest part is how he's out there in the, he's out there in the, um, what is it called? The ascendant realm, the CS yeah. screams, whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. CS screams ascendant realm. And, and just to know that this whole realm exists parallel to what we're going through. <laughs> yeah. But, and then, and then you also have, have your, who, like you said, like his ghost wasn't okay with it either. And his ghost didn't give up on him. His ghost was still calling him Rezal Azir. He, his ghost refused mm-hmm. to call refused, him. Refused. Yeah. Or, and yours is like, if you don't get the fuck out of my face. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, but then, but then you have stories like the drifter where he just flat out, uh, just yeah. is like, screw ghosts. This is dumb. I don't want a ghost. In That's fact, let me one. just take. Let me just take a bunch of ghosts and mash them together. <laughs> well, actually, and so that's that's the really crazy thing. It's kind of like what you said about Tolan's ghost. Drifter didn't think, I wonder what would happen if I took six ghosts and just cannibalized them into one. His uh-huh. ghost was the one that was like, hey, listen, if you want to get off this planet, I know what we got to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the heck, shit. dude? Thanks, ghost. Which, I mean, that just kind of feels like, you know, people always ask, like, what does it take for a ghost to pick their guardian? Is it like they need to have a difference of personality like Sigur and Osiris? Do they have need to have oh, a similar man. personality like Toland and yeah. his ghost? They were both like dead set on these things. And it, oh, it's, it's, it feels like Drifter's ghost is much more attuned to Drifter than opposite to Drifter, where he was like, you know what? If we want to get off this planet, we're going to have to kill some people. Yeah, some we're going to have to do something. This is what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to cannibalize these other ghosts just for your own survival. And then, okay, so that makes me think, like, think about ghosts, these stories of ghosts, but we also have a ghost like pulled pork. Mm-hmm. Well, Glint. Glint. Okay, Glint. I mean, come on. That's his name. I know, but come on. That's his name. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's his name. Hold pork was a name he got called behind his back. That's not okay. Yeah, so they was ridiculed for being uh, what the other ghosts kind of thought of him as like a, a kind of a dupe, uh, yeah. a lesser well, I mean, character. He was scanning rebar, so. Well, okay, so this made me think, like, what if, in fact, you know, pulled pork wasn't actually uh, the ghost that resurrected? Um, and I know, I know it's set in stone for a lot of people, but what if... Pulled pork wasn't actually the ghost that resurrected uh, Aldrin. What if what if pulled pork, like I originally thought, was our ghost? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) What if what if pulled pork was the ghost that resurrected us in the Cosmodrome scanning cars? Remember that part of this the lore? He wasn't scanning cars. He was scanning in the cars. He was scanning the skeletons in the cars. Uh-huh. That's where we came from. A skeleton inside a car, yes. Yeah. That's us. He's our ghost. Maybe. I made up my mind. Yeah. Glint is a Glint is a pretty boy vampire Twilight movie name for a ghost, and it's perfect for Aldrin. All right, Glint. I like Glint a lot more than I like pulled pork. 
Well, pulled pork is just funny is all. I guess that's just, you know. I like the idea of pulled pork being our ghost and we're just, you know, led by a buffoon. I know it's probably not true, though. Our ghost, our ghost is pretty intelligent. Yeah, I just can't imagine um, our ghost being ever referred to as pulled pork. <laughs> it's pulled pork. pork. I, know. I know. Wasn't pulled pork also supposed to have a purple shell? I don't know where that came from. I guess people thought that because no, like, I'm the lore. Sure that was in the entry. This is what I'm saying. <sighs> yeah, and so there was one particular ghost shell, and now it's in game. Same ghost shell. Mm-hmm. They used that ghost shell for for his because it was like the one ghost shell that default was yeah. purple. Uh, maybe Nick Nicky agrees, but you might want to reconsider scanning the dead bud. That shell's pretty snappy, is it new? It's reef purple with flower a flower like silhouette and silver detailing, which looks exactly like yeah. the ghost that yeah. resurrected crow. Yeah, you're right. I mean, see what happens. See what happens when you wish to Ahamkara. Things come true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be careful what you wish for in this game. The writers might make it true. I've wished for a lot of things, man. Man, I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm yawning so much this this morning. Uh, I've wished because your lot brain's of overheating. Can't be. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a thing, man. When your brain overheats, you're uh, you yawn seriously <laughs> are you kidding me? yeah that's no uh, it's insane. scientifically proven not but maybe a decade ago that the reason why we have these periods of of intense yawning is because either our, our brains are tapped out you know obviously when you get tired you're working on you know low energy so your brain is trying to it's like a heat sink for your uh, brain that's trying insane. to access that information and it's it's too much that's that's, that's too that's too much for me to to comprehend see so yawn i'm i'm holding it back i refuse to accept it no you're introducing oxygen into your bloodstream which goes straight to your brain through yawning and it cools off your brain because it's overheating from thinking too hard yeah god you you completely derailed what i was about to say. <laughs> you were talking about twilight twilight no you were talking about twilight <laughs> I what was, was the name of the about, vampire from Twilight? What was his name? Uh, uh, Edward. Bella Edward. Yeah. Right? Aldrin Edward? was Edward. Yeah. Aldrin is Edward. <laughs> yeah. Aldrin is Ezra, Edward and he glints in the, in the sun. All right. Um, Why do they come up with this stuff? Glint. Oh, I remember now. I remember now. I've wished for a lot of things to come true. And technically, I guess uh, a number of them did come true. Not all of them, though. <laughs> yeah. Not all of them. Uh, well, you know, if you just keep guessing, eventually yeah, you'll get something. That's that's what people always say about me, and I, I think that's pretty messed up. It's like <laughs> I'm like, whenever I'm right, they're like, "Yeah, but you're wrong, like 99 percent of the time." So of course you get a few. <laughs> That just hurts my feelings. Like, why? Are you, but are you ever really wrong? That's the question. I am. I am wrong often. I don't know, man. It is. It is absolutely true that I'm wrong often. But I am no more wrong than anyone else. That's the thing. I yeah. am right more, but I am not wrong more. So you know, net positives. 
you know what though if you're if there's not people like you doing the dirty trying to figure out this lore stuff people could never be right <laughs> yeah exactly if if i'm not throwing out these random accusations then where are <laughs> we really going with this yeah. with this game exactly it was such a huge lore dump this new uh this latest stuff that it's really massive was. i was i was really really on as much as i'm not a big fan of of cade being the spotlight i was really hoping to see some cade lore not cade yeah. 7 happening which no. technically is correct now which is insane to me that cuz it was always like an exo doesn't die and become the next number hmm, they can but it does that is yeah. one of the that is one of the yeah. possibilities now that's canon so that's fun but um i was really i was really hoping to see this like something referencing cade to be like this is who cade was as a person what's real yeah. what's false because i don't believe ace is real and right. i want that i want that shoe to drop for everyone who's all like cade and ace oh my god blah 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 and then to be like cade was like uh a war veteran with absolutely no family and he had nowhere else to go and he was just like just do whatever the hell you want like something like well, that well you know we're going to get into the collector's edition and um so the the lore in there a little bit of that kind of talks about how some of the memories were fabricated to help the mm -hmm. exo der from happening so if you think about cade uh being injected with these false memories so that he could have these human hu uh what's the word um tendencies towards humanity <laughs> they have to hard code some sort of uh life trauma life happiness mm -hmm. all of these false memories into the exo mind to help them um from rejecting their skeleton from je rejecting their body their newfound body that is that is actually crazy though because what they to assume that's what ace was that ace and mm -hmm. his family was this implanted memory to make his mind not reject the body what it actually does is make the Cade exo reject the life of being an exo he's like i'm gonna get out of here i'm gonna find my family right it's like this lifelong pursuit that he has and it's like it's, it's almost it's almost it's almost if you thought about it uh being something clovis did intentionally it's almost like he was being a jerk about it yeah like here uh you screwed me over you owe me a lot of money you're just my little stepping stone let me screw with you by giving you these memories that will make you have this hunger inside you the whole time you live for something that you can never ever attain ever yeah. ever attain you find you finally break free from clovis's control you go searching for your family they don't even exist yeah like, it's almost like the forever. almost like the last f you to him mm -hmm. but there's a whole another side to that which i won't even talk about because it's huge spoilery but to know that that could have possibly happened and then him still be hanging out with a certain person oh my gosh that just that gets me hard in the core. I'm just like, man, how the heck are you guys? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm not going to do we it. We should definitely keep that bit under wraps yeah. until we get I'm to that lore book. Because that is a huge, huge deal. Oh my god! Like of of all the, I, I want to. I don't want to even hint at what it is because it's, like, it's so easy yeah. to be like wait a second <laughs> if yeah, i even I hint at it but of yeah. all the things 
the the most popular thing for a lord nerd to do of all the all the accusations never <laughs> once never <laughs> once had someone considered it it's true it is very true it's not even like the edge of consideration. It's yeah, it's, and no, for the audience out there, we're not talking about Cade being a war mind. No, okay, but I, I, I think, <laughs> I think he might. There's a chance that I know. It's a goal. I know. I'm just saying. I know. I'm just saying. Like there, there was the whole, uh, you know, like what was on the surface of lore back in the day. I think about D1, and I think about just the easy stuff that people t- contemplated. But this is something that flat out nobody saw. Can you imagine if Anna put Rasputin in a Cade body? Yeah, it would be perfect. <laughs> it'd be like, it'd be like, I don't know if this is like rude or too soon, but here's, here's Rasputin, and it's just Cade standing there just for oh some fucking reason. It'd be some weird, yeah, yeah. Cade absolutely is a is a war mind. Uh, Trams eighty seven in chat. He absolutely potentially was. Uh, Warmind Golem. I refuse to believe he wasn't. Possibly. I mean, at maybe Cade Five. No, it would it would have been all the iterations of Cade. And so let me say that about the 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 pursuit of a family that doesn't exist. Right? Would that not be something that the Warmind would want to know? To yeah, that absolutely. They would implant absolutely. that that memory into the Cade Exo. What's crazy to think is um, how how the War Mind chased Fellwinter all that time mm-hmm. uh, just to get, his, get get a piece of himself back. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at it like that, then it kind of blows apart the idea. So let's not consider that. <laughs> well, that's why I threw it in there. <laughs> just to kind of shed light on something else that happened and why I didn't think that. But yeah. No, I, I understand. Timur. Oh, listen. Timur. 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 However you pronounce it. Timur. He knew way more crap than he got credit for. Mm-hmm. And there's not enough about Teamer uh, in the lore, if you ask me. Uh, and he was a huge deal. I mean, I wish there was more about all of the Iron Lords. I guess not all, because there's hundreds of them. Yeah. The original 18. 19? The original 19? Is, is there 19 of them? There were the original batch of ten, including yeah. Saladin, and then the uh, the second batch of nine, which are also Iron Lords. There is no differentiation between wolves. Lords and Wolves. They are the same damn thing. They are the same group. They are not a subdivision. Some of them yeah. just didn't care. They would just call them... Uh, what a crazy time, though. Yeah. That's before all this fancy stuff happened. I remember when... Um, uh, let me let me actually look up her, her full name. I remember when we got like this huge monkey wrench thrown in with the Iron Lords, Iron Wolves uh, issue. Because... So, there is a warlock called Tanasha Three. But yep. they are known to her peers in the Iron Banner as Ash Raven, who is one of yeah. the Iron Lords slash Wolves. So it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, yeah, yeah. They have multiple yeah. names now. <laughs> like, yeah. who's who? Are they that the was same the good people? One. <laughs> yeah. So, so any of the, so any of the wolves or any of the 
yeah. lords originally could have been exos. Yep. Like Felwinter, because Felwinter's golem name. Do you think his golem name was Siddhartha? Like Siddhartha yeah, one. I, I think so. Yeah. Siddhartha, how do you pronounce it? Yeah, I'm sure I'm butchering it. Well, then, there. Go on. Sorry, sorry, but there's uh, there's new there's and this is what's crazy about this whole expansion. We and just from what I read and all of the lore of the of the items, I already counted five new exos that we didn't know about before mm. that we we don't have much information on them because they're just a line, almost a throwaway line in some of the dialogue but there's like five new exos and any one of those could have been somebody we already know so that's well, crazy mean, so elsie kept her name she was elsie one and however many iterations of her existed, uh, she got up to LC2 within the thing that we're actually supposed to be talking about. She got up to <laughs> LC2, and she might have gotten beyond LC2. I'm pretty sure she definitely got beyond LC2. Yeah. At the, at the like the the way end in the lore book that we're not talking about just yet. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was explained that she went through some multiple iterations then. Which why is she the lucky one now that I'm thinking about it? Like was she just like more skilled and in, in less iterations? Well, okay, so if we're gonna go into the lore book or if we're gonna go into the uh collector's edition. Yeah, um, let's just try to Yeah, let's go into that. Look. Yeah. Cause this uh, is this this was all a good preface. This kind of <laughs> ties into the lore. We're forty five minutes of, of this hour long show. It's yeah. just going right right off the rails. Uh, that's fine. It'll just give us more time to prepare throughout this lore book. Uh, of yeah, talking it's a good one, man. It's a it really, really good is. one. This is this is this collector's edition. I'm gonna grab it really quick. Was really exciting to to get. The writing is amazing uh, in this collector's edition, hands down, flat out. Some of the words in here, just some of the paragraphs, are just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I heard the the later end of that. This is like so. Like the first time we ever got a a journal was with the Taken King, or yep. technically arms and arms and armaments was with the original Destiny Two Collector's Edition, but that didn't really. It wasn't like a journal, you know. We got Cade's journal, which was basically just writing in the margins of a Treasure Island book, yeah. and then we <laughs> skip ahead to. Destiny 2, where we got Callus's like little pamphlet, which was just him giving us a hit list and saying who they were. Yeah. And then we had to skip ahead again to Shadowkeep. What's up with that? It's like every other year, right? The you just skip ahead, I know. And Shadowkeep was the first good one. Shadowkeep actually kicked off this expansion. Where in Shadowkeep they found the artifact on the mu- on the moon, the, uh, mm-hmm. the what was it K one uh, yep. etc. The people on the moon. Clovis Bray kept it under wraps because he thought it was very valuable. And the thing on the moon, the artifact, told him to go to Europa. So he goes to Europa to try to to finish creating Exos, and he he has this like little journal and stuff, and. The, the back end of it i had so many people like adding me on twitter saying is it is it is it ruined the two pages yeah, hey account? i did it too i i messaged you like hey dude is my book supposed to miss these 
There was just so many. And I was like, no, no, it's, it's good, man. It's going to be like in the game or something. It's going to be a lore yeah. book. But it wasn't a lore book. It was an ARG, which is more exciting. Um, but such a such a tiny little book. But it's just got so much good in it. Yeah. It's really good, yeah. Um, you know, the, even the Shadowkeep one was great with the Tychonauts and learning was. about how the colonies uh, were were living and then how they ended up accidentally stumbling, accidentally, in quotes, stumbling upon this. Yeah. What's now happening. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay. So we Clovis. won't be able to get through the whole of this little booklet because there actually is a lot in it. But we can start it. Would you like to start it? No, you start it. So to um, just kind of like summarize what's going on in it. Basically, he's sent to uh, he sent to Europa. It's an icy moon of Jupiter. And you can't just land on Jupiter's icy moon because you'll just collapse through the sheets of ice for some reason that doesn't apply to us anymore we can just do whatever the hell we want <laughs> on it we can hop around and just beat shit up as much as we want um and so like the the first few entries in this book is uh clovis it's just kind of painting the backstory of clovis we've never really gotten a true backstory on clovis we've gotten tiny tiny snippets where we're like who the hell is this guy what's what's his relationship to his family like you right. can just rattle off names you had clovis Clovis two, Alton, Elsie, Anna, and Willa. And then it was like, okay, well, Willa is working with Clovis or Clovis two. We don't know which Alton is doing stuff. Anna apparently built the war mind. Elsie, what happened to Elsie? And it's like little bit by little bit, we learned scraps more. Yeah. And, uh, the first few entries here just kind of, um, summarize that Clovis two is the grandfather of Alton, Elsie, Anna, and Willa. Or not, Clovis is the grandfather. Clovis II is the father. And Clovis II is the son of Clovis, obviously. Uh, the only son of Clovis, and also the genetically manipulated son of Clovis. Of Clovis, yeah. To make it basically a clone of Clovis? Yeah. Is that what that effectively meant? Like, he just, like, took Yeah, his, his so before DNA. before he could figure out Exos, it's already in his bloodline that his dad made him to try to make a more perfect version of himself by tampering with his, well, I guess, DNA or something, just in the human version. Very uh, It's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think kids read that book anymore in school. I don't think that's one of the uh the what was it, Newberry books? Did you have to read that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. That was that was that was one of the best ones to read. It was like one of the bigger ones too, but it was still one of the best ones to read. Uh but so estranged grandfather is now on the moon. Uh and he's trying to reconnect with some of his family. He feels that it's important because he views his family as his legacy and that's why he did what he did to his son he, he right. wanted his legacy legacy to should keep going okay so so before before we go on let's just say right now people need to know in their mind clovis and clovis 2 are different so clovis 2 yeah. is the megalomaniac maniacal freaking i mean i'm sorry backwards clovis is the mega mind <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Clovis is is the megalomania uh, capitalist unchained there you asshole. Go. Yeah, and Clovis too, while maybe not the best person, was a better person than Clovis one. 
and a byproduct of all that upbringing. Yeah. And definitely a byproduct of all that upbringing. Uh, so, uh, this is completely unimportant. I just, sometimes like the writers and destiny to like say things basically, uh, <laughs> Clovis, Clovis is trying to, uh, repair the, the broken bridge of him to his, his grand, his granddaughter, Elsie. And so he's getting gift suggestions. And one of the gift suggestions is a bespoke a writer ai writer of personalized novels and i i need this like why doesn't why isn't yeah, anyone is working that? on this you can just like put in books that you like and then it will just spit out some crazy sci-fan tale <laughs> with like <laughs> vampires and cyborgs like i i want this like uh i like it it goes on you know just uh trying to uh, repair that, trying to set up on Europa, trying to get everything ready. Clovis believes that clarity, the darkness, is on Europa because it, uh, the one on the moon told him that. And that with clarity, he will unlock the secrets of Exo. And so um, throughout this book, there is actually... Uh, I, I'll see if I can find the exact one. That's not that important, but there, there's little... The whole book is written very nice. It's like written on a computer with like formatting and stuff like that. But then there's also handwritten bits in the middle of the margins, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so in entry two, uh, it reads on Europa, we work like summer vampires and caskets of our smuggle pods. Our frames labor on the ice, building a cathedral to the sciences. Radiation is very bad outside. Even my assistant has taken ion damage out there. Pleased to see him healing flawlessly, vacant and empty as he is. And then in between the margins, it says, what if the perfect self-repair is the reason Exos degrade? And I wanted to ask you, Rhino, who do you think is, is writing in these margins? I, you know, that's a good question, because I was thinking that, too. I couldn't imagine. It's almost, but it, maybe, maybe it's him. Maybe it's him again, because we learn later on there's other iterations of himself. Hmm. Maybe he's, like, he's self-reflecting. Yeah, yeah, because um, one of the revelations he has, and spoiler, one of the revelations he has is a beautifully written uh, line of words in the, in the, in the um, uh, collector's edition later on. Uh, mm -hmm. But basically, he says, he kind of hints to this idea of maybe the reason why we fail at making um, exos is because we're trying to make a perfect version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And in fact, instead of making a perfect version of ourselves, we need to make a flawed version, and then that's what's going to happen. So I, I almost thought way later that this was himself reflecting on what he had previously, his previous um, uh, experiments, whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because this is so early in, in the book and it's, it's clearly a different writer or at the very least a different time of being written. And it's like, he's struggling with the exos. He can't figure it out. And then it's like, what if the perfect self-repair is the reason exos degrade? And it's like, yeah, that's exactly the reason it's, yeah, they, I think it actually says it just a, a little bit further. Um, perhaps the mind heals itself stiff, and this causes the the billboarding, the stereotyped behavior, the final crash. And it's like it just it it, it seizes your brain. It just irons the wrinkles out, basically. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Because you're 
because it's self-repairing the damage. Like, for instance, the wrinkles like you just keyed onto, that's perfect. So those little synapses in our brain matter, the gray matter of our brain, that's stored information mm-hmm. through years of, of different em- emotional or learned scarring that we happen to inflict upon ourselves. And so those little pieces of knowledge are gained through repetition and what actually worked or what actually promoted the outcome or the end result of what we wanted to achieve. So like if you're learning how to draw a picture and you finally learn how to draw the picture through many, many attempts of learning how to draw that picture, you finally learn how to draw that picture to your own satisfaction. So now that's a learned um, thing. However, if you just program that into your brain instantly, there's no gratification. There's no way to store that information. So it just automatically deletes itself. Mm-hmm. So without the repetition, without the uh, inherent um, failures before that end result happened, there's no way to store that information and to keep it inside that, that gray matter, if you will. So this is a very real um, scientific idea that our minds, in order for us to have memories, We have to have a chain of events or a series of repetitions before a learned behavior or a learned uh, learning can happen, you know. Do you recall what uh, LUCA stands for? I forgot what it stands for. Yes, it means, okay, so LUCA is this idea that living a perfect thing in any, so like the LUCA, the LUCA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like if you uh, you want to be you want to be the last um perfect lineage of like for instance if all of human all of humans all of humanity died and you were the last perfect um uh, human i remember what it was I, I, I worked it out it's a last universal common ancestor yes so it's, it's 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 the fish that crawled on the shore that's that's Correct. luca to yeah so like in order to be in order to evolve you have to be the the winner of your line. There's is, also, yeah, which is a very darkness philosophy as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's interesting well, to see that evolution exactly does what the darkness wants. What's funny is Dead Orbit um, had a little hint to this idea of the inling, which mm-hmm. was being the last survivor of the the lineage. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, if you think about the inling as the almost not opposite, but a, a, almost like an antonym for what the Luca is. It, it, the inling would be the last known survivor of a lineage. Yeah. Um, the but in is order a failure, the Luca is a success. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so Clovis with his, his um, pursuit of Exo is actually a pursuit of becoming the Luca, which I think is a little ironic because he's not jumping in. <laughs> He's not being the first. He he's gonna be the successful one, but he's he's not gonna be the first. Gonna be the first. One. I know. I know. Uh, so he actually in uh, I believe this is entry two a little bit in. He says uh, in his journal he says no I insist on the perfect terminal quantum snapshot for reasons of fidelity the only perfect and lossless brain scan is also a destructive one a fatal one. And so to answer my question and our, our question, Clovis too died in one. After all, I made the vessel to receive him, but I lacked the alkahest, the solvent to re- render it pure. So that's a little comment in the margins. And it's him talking about how he is responsible for his son's death 
because he tried to upload his son into an EXO, but he lacked this mysterious Alkahest item. <clears throat> yeah, so here's another thing that calls back to D1 and the alchemy and the alchemist. Uh, the idea that if you can find the correct achemical uh, synaptic reaction, you can reproduce uh, a mind. Uh, hmm. So some of the some some of the lore items way back in D one kind of played with this sci fi idea that um, if you had the correct amount of chemicals that help create life, you could create your own artificial life out of those same chemicals by introducing them inside of a you know any kind of vessel. So this idea of alchemy uh, being a part of 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 the exoscience is really cool. Mm-hmm. And and then also uh, a little bit further, uh, he he writes in again. If I succeed, no forgiveness to those tight-fisted Ishtar fools. I know they had working prototypes <laughs> they could have shared. <laughs> so there's a, it points at that the, is rivalry. hilarious because the Vex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if he had, it, I don't think any of this would have happened if he had, if the Ishtar Collective actually shared with him, it, it would have just wiped everything out. I don't think he would have been able to do any of the stuff he did with the Exos that he created. How do you mean? Like, if they told him it was using Vex, that he would have just been like, well, not going to do that. No, I don't think, I like, I think he would have ran with it. Okay. The key. And then he would have just destroyed everything. Hmm. Or the Vex might have, might have, rewrote everything that he tried to work on i don't know Mm -hmm. like i I couldn't yeah no go on though i was just thinking like the ishtar collective um and their research with the vex if they had (laughs) they had shared with him first of all they wouldn't have done it anyway because they knew they knew that clovis and his whole empire was you know like evil ish no absolutely just objective evil that'd be like that'd be like world-renowned scientists giving all of their information to McDonald's or Coca-Cola or something. (laughs) (laughs) Just a true capitalist dream. Yeah. Coca-Cola with the launch codes. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Here's the button. Yep. You you can just go ahead and do whatever the hell you want. (laughs) Yeah. You 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 go figure it out on your own, bud. Yeah. So then, um, I disagree. Though I think if um, if the Ishtar Collective actually said like, "Hey, this is how we created working exos," the very first thing he would have done is exactly what he does later on. He just grabs a vex and forces it <laughs> to work. He he would throw as many bodies <sighs> at it as he needed to, as he proves he would. He would throw infinite bodies at this goal to live forever. That's his, that's his yeah. end goal. He wants to live forever. Cause he thinks he's the greatest man alive. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you that that would have happened. My, my thing is ah. I think that through his, through his venture and, and if, if he, if the Ishtar shared with him, he would have done that, but mm. the outcome would have been the Vex mm. because he, his hubris, his, um, the way he went about doing what he's doing. If he had taken, if he had that head start without the self reflection, mm-hmm. he would have screwed up and gave the Vex what they wanted all along. And that was to win. 
you know. Do you, do you not feel like he already he still gave them that? Yeah, I do, but at the same point, I don't think like okay, like the exos that we know today, um, I don't think that would have happened because I think that the Vex would have ended intercepted all and won against him mm-hmm. if he had that head start without you know all of these problems that he faces later. Hmm. Well, I feel like uh, Vex can't reproduce the the human mind. I mean, like they can't anticipate can. the human mind. Well, they, you know what I mean. They, they can, did. They can't. They can't figure us out completely. They can. They can, they can anticipate human minds completely. It's guardians that they struggled with, and I would. Even, I would even argue that now they aren't struggling as hard as they used to. Yeah. I guess you're right. They do. They do um, make them. I mean, they made how many copies of the whole Ishtar team? Well, 227 were extracted. So those are the yeah. successful extractions. Successful. In, in yeah. theory, it was infinite, and that's how. Um, who was who was the asshole? Um, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was Maya Sundaresh. Um, Kiyoma Shin. Yeah, Shim. Yeah. Dr. Shim. He was the asshole. Uh, when, uh, what's his name? Duane McNida. McNiad. Mm hmm. When he was all like, what does it matter if, uh, if we're not real? And it's like, the Vex can make it feel real. And there's one real and infinite fake. Uh, You do the odds. Like, do you want to take that risk? Or do you want to get the hell out? It's the matrix and the stake. Yeah. Like, the stake oh my God. Imagine, imagine this being a Vex simulation just to be like tortured. And in back then it was just like kind of hinted at. So yeah. just like as a, as a little, as a little teaser, because I feel like, uh, we're, we're like at a, at a good point before we, we really get into the meat of the journal. Um, all the way back then in D1, we were teased with what the Vex would do. And this, wow, look at that light coming in. You see that? <laughs> super, super harsh light. Sorry, that's, that's distracting. Somebody's um, being resurrected. Yeah. <laughs> um, we just got this like little teaser about like how, how horrible it would be to be in a Vex simulation for the sole purpose of like, they're just going to like, see what makes you tick and it was like oh man that's terrible in this we see what it means and it is it's so much worse than i ever could have imagined it is the worst thing i've ever read (laughs) (laughs) like that's that's like that's i read i read horror novels and there's nothing that that tops what the vex want to do to us do yeah i know and they're just trying to so callously they're just like yeah science man (laughs) yeah hard feelings just boom yeah Yeah. well because there's no feelings yeah no no feelings literally no feelings (laughs) (laughs) just this collective however Mm. if you think about the events that have transpired over the course of this entire game the vex have learned some things Mm -hmm. um that have to do with feelings (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, the uh, the harpy on Nessus, right? The captain. Yes. Yeah, that was crazy. They are trying to to learn to empathize. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Like, what's the value in that? They they wouldn't uh, do that if there's value, just, right? Just winning, right? Just overall winning. The overall drive to win, to rewrite, to mm-hmm. to to become. <laughs> the Luca, no, to become. <laughs> I mean, that's the Luke. The Luca is just a nice way of saying I, the final shape. Like, let's be. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, everybody wants the final shape, right? Everybody wants the winning play. The that's, the idea that Adams first collected that yeah. was in the D one. Yeah, I believe so. Early D one. in Tolan in his <laughs> teleology script. That's that's the uh, that's the secret game that people are finally starting like i hope they they realized it <laughs> before now but i feel like the general public is finally starting to realize the game within the game of destiny is that everyone just wants to be the final shape and if they don't know that they want to be the final shape yet they're soon going to like all yeah. the races the hive the vex yeah. they've always wanted to the fallen are like gonna be like they're looking at that darkness you know they're gonna be like hey wait a second the cabal are probably gonna turn to it as well they're gonna be like hey wait a second we should why why shouldn't we be the final shape you know mm-hmm. um the light the dark the ahamkara just everything everything wants that that end game you know that's funny because um you know that automatically makes me think about oryx and how he came to his powers and uh how he ventured off to create um this taken you mm-hmm. know and and uh, so we got a whole book about talking about him and not really the whys or how it how the byproduct of the darkness uh, manifested through his taking things. So no. that, I mean, that's just that's just another possibility in the future too. Yeah. Well, so then um, I guess on our next show we will pick up where we left off of the the collector's edition journal and hopefully bring interesting conversation uh this week uh, on our first time back we actually did uh at the beginning uh rhino got to, you discussed one of your lore cards so that's going to be yep. a, a a constant as a as a way to just kind of like warm us up get us in that uh <laughs> lore talking headspace just immediately <laughs> open the floodgates uh, but if you want to watch us live on the next show, that'll be on November 29th at 9.15 a.m. EST. I believe, is it ST or DT right now? It's ST, right? ST, yeah. Yeah. 9.15 a.m. EST at Loose Cannon Show on Twitch. If you want to find out more about us, if you have any questions, just find us on Twitter at Loose Cannon Show. And, uh... Any uh, closing remarks? Um, Daluca. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. It's it's just insane that like of all the people who I knew were in the Final Shape game, I never expected Clovis Bray to be in the Final right? Shape game. Yeah, it's a little bizarre, isn't it? It just it just came out of nowhere, and it really. It really got me. I was like, oh, damn. It went <laughs> far. Uh, All right. Well, we will see you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye.